Uh, how old is Lucini? He's uh, 78. Hello and welcome to episode 5, part 2 of the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. Uh, and I'm Sean. And uh, now it's time for our uh, results roundup. So, Sean. Uh, so, junior results first of all. This time round, no no results from uh, exotic locations. All the Junior World Cups that we're going to be looking at took place in Europe, so big numbers. Excellent. And everyone who's anyone turning up at these events. So, start with a women's epi from Burgos in Spain. Uh, Daria Felina uh, of Russia. Uh, Camille Nabeth of France, second. Uh, and joint third, Greta Kandreva of the USA and Irina Okotnikova uh, of Russia sharing sharing the, the podium. That's second win of the season for, for Felina. Uh, she won in light time as well. All right, okay. Uh, and that puts her, her top of the world rankings and her teammate, um, Okotnikova, who's also on the, the podium there, mm-hmm. uh, second in the world rankings at the moment. So two Russians at the top of the pile and women's epi. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Next up, uh, men's epi from Baal in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Gregory Siklosi of uh, Hungary. Again, right. second one of the season, I think, back-to-back wins for him. Yeah, that's uh, right. I remember him from the last time we talked about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he won in, won in Bratislava. Mm-hmm. Second was David Naj, also of Hungary. So right. Hungarian won two there. And third were Rico Braun of Germany and Joseph uh, Meringer of Austria. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention um, in the women's epi in Burgos, uh, Italy won the team event. All oh, right, okay. And in the team event in Baal, Switzerland, the men's epi won by France. All right, uh, okay. So that puts Fosie top of the world rankings for junior men's epi. Mm-hmm. And Valerio Como of Italy in second at the moment. Although, looking at the rankings, because it's a rolling ranking, actually the majority of Valerio Como's results, best results, um, actually came last season. Um, mm-hmm, so okay. he... He may drop down the rankings a little bit unless he can recapture a bit of form that he's not quite found so far. Okay, so far this season. I mean, that's interesting as well with the one-two in the men's epi. I mean, Hungarian one-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of glimmers of light for the Hungarians there because they've been a little bit off the pace for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, with a, an aging senior team, mm-hmm. um, it would be be good to see some of the youngsters making that, that yeah. step up as well, and yeah. to to keep the sort of strength of Hungarian men's yeah. epi going and, and looking a bit more youthful than the, the yeah. team does at the moment. Good. Uh, so next up, uh, women's fall from Lyon in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia Varsic of Poland was the winner. Karen uh, Miyawaki of Japan second. Another <laughs> Poland. Go for it. Uh, Julia Krasanowska. Okay. Yeah, Poland taking third uh, along with uh, Jankatov from, from right. Hungary. Yeah. And a uh, very strong uh, Polish women's team obviously mm-hmm. uh, won the team event. Top of the, the junior world rankings at the moment um, is Serena Rossini of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, no real common, uh, sort of dominant fencer actually in the, in the women's fall at the moment. Uh, pretty much everyone gets a shot of, of winning a junior world cup it seems right, at the moment. Okay. So it sounds um, fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Poland though are absolutely miles ahead in the in the team rankings. All right, okay. Uh, so yeah, really really strong team. I'm pretty sure they won the junior world championships last oh, year. Oh wow, okay. The women's foil. So uh, good good signs for Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, men's foil, uh, one okay. bit closer to home, Eden Cup in London. Oh yes, um, and uh, impressive performance from the visiting Americans. Jeffrey Tourette from the USA was the winner, beating uh, Toshia uh, Sato of, of Japan. Sato was actually a, a fence that you mentioned. Yes, recently when we I remember were, the name. Yeah, when we were summing up uh, the senior results, I think it was in in Tokyo or Turin. 
Can't remember one. One of the senior. I think it was Turin. I think it was Turin. He made a thirty-two, so um, very decent, decent fencer. Uh, yeah. Turin finished off to to win. Uh, Siddharth uh, Kumbla of USA and um, Alex uh, Sorokin of of Russia uh, okay. tied for third there, and uh, USA won won the team event there. The the men's foil junior world rankings at the moment are crazy. They're all over the place. Um, okay. The, the American squad is uh, so strong you could pick almost any of half a dozen. That could become junior world champion at the beginning of beginning of April when the world championships have. Russia, Russians are always very strong and and still are. They've probably again got four or five fencers, any one mm-hmm. of whom could could become world champion. You've got the Japanese that are strong, including the guy uh, Shikine, who I've mentioned a few yes. times, who won the junior worlds last year. Mm-hmm. Still a junior this time, although he hasn't done any of the junior world cups. Uh, and then you've got Ka Wong Chung from Hong Kong, who's ranked in the top 16 yep. in the senior world rankings. Uh, done one junior world cup this year and won it. So that'll be a, I think that'll be a really fascinating <laughs> event when the world championships actually roll around because mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's so many people who could, who could win that. So yeah, exciting times in men's foil. Before, so before we move on, is that not like a healthy sign for the sport? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, but, uh, you know, there's not one single, single nation dominating. Yeah. You get, uh, you get fences from all over the planet. Uh, Great. You know, yeah, good. Slogging it out for the mm-hmm. for the top spot. So uh, women's saber uh, and men's saber actually from Dormagen mm-hmm. in, in Germany. Uh, again, they do this sort of mixed team event on the on the second day, okay. uh, which which Germany won. But in the individual in the women's saber, Olga Nikitina uh, won there. Her teammate Eugenia Popaskova was second. Sofia Pozniakova mm-hmm. joined third, along with Svetlana. Shevaleva, also of Russia. All right, okay. So, yeah, so not too difficult to pick out who the dominant nation in women's sabre at junior level is no, just no. at the moment. I'm getting, I'm getting a, a signal from the, from the other side there, a strong hint of who it might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, in spite, of, in spite of that apparent domination, um, top of the junior rankings at the moment in women's sabre uh, is Lucia Lucarini of Italy. Right, <laughs> so, uh, okay. Well, we'll see. Um, Lucarini has been absolutely everywhere. She was the, the sort of visiting European that won the Women's Sable World Cup in whichever exotic location. Which, oh, which I, I remember, yes. Um, so she picked up, you know, sort of 32 World Cup points for that, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of gives her a bit of an edge over mm-hmm. um, the sort of dominant Russians who, who didn't go to that one, yeah. um, but have been, you know, winning everything else. Nikitina has won two World Cups this season. Right, okay. Uh, and So do we think then that the Italian is going to drop down eventually? Well, I mean, will be replaced her, by Russians. Her, her, her points will, her point will, yeah. will continue to count from her, you know, her trip to wherever it was. Um, was it Cancun? I can't remember. No, it was more obscure than that. Oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it looks, it looks like yeah. a, a Russian-dominated weapon, mm-hmm. weapon at the moment. And last the junior results again, same weekend in Dornigan, the men's saber, which was won by uh, Konstantin uh, Lokanov, uh, also of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, second was Maxim, Maxim Piafetti uh, of Italy, uh, tied for third, uh, Andrew Dodo of USA, and Jean-Philippe Patrice of France. Right. Yeah, uh, looking off top of the top of the world rankings at the moment. Um, second is uh, Faris Fajani of Tunisia. And again, that's one of the ones that shows the kind of quirks of the, the ranking system. Mm-hmm. Um, he won the African Zonal Championships juniors last year, mm-hmm. so that's a, a quick 48 World Cup points oh, for, okay. for winning that. He he also went to Tehran, which not an awful lot of people right, okay. didn't win there, finished fifth, but again, picks up mm-hmm. a bundle of points. And I think there was one last season as well, a kind of relatively obscure one, which he went to and, and placed well to pick up a lot of points. 
and then it's Russians in third and fourth as well right. in the junior world rankings. So you would say Russia's Russia's dominant with this uh, Tunisian in second place. Um, I think only a point behind Wokanov. Uh, oh, really? Uh, but where he's gathered his points from suggests that come the World Championships in, in April, he's less likely to be a contender. What do you think related to the referee? I've no idea whether Fajani's a, you know, a real common Tunisian second. Oh, you mean like, like Smith? Got, yeah, we just it, don't it, know it that. could be. Oh, okay. But... Um, yeah, it's possible, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So that pretty much wraps it up for the juniors. I mentioned that the, the junior and, and the cadet world championships are uh, happening later on this year, uh, taking place in, in Plovdiv, in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. from the 1st to the 10th of April. And again, I'm pretty sure that's one of the ones that we'll, we will have a live stream for pretty much everything, yes. uh, certainly the later stages. So, I think it was true um, last year, was it not? So, yeah, it was. So. It was, and the year before. So, uh, um, a good chance of that. I think that uh, the FIE are, are now on the case for mm-hmm. uh, for getting those up on up on YouTube. So um, yeah. that's something to look forward to. But you know, a few junior, junior World Cups still to come before then, so we'll, okay. we'll keep an eye on the results from there. Um, so that takes care of the juniors. On some senior stuff now. So we had the first Grand Prix of the season that we mentioned in our last episode with mm-hmm. the uh, with the foil uh, from Turin, which was amazing, uh, which was extremely good indeed. Yep. And now Grand Prix time for uh, the Epis first of all from yes. uh, Doha in Qatar. Mm-hmm. And um, well, you've you spent hours and hours in front of a, a laptop screen watching watching this. So. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about it. Well, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with just the results, or do we want to talk about the commentary first? You're cool. Uh, okay. Well, well, we'll talk about the results first <laughs> okay. of all. Okay. So, well, we won't go. We won't delve too deeply into the into the various different rounds. Um, but a couple of things to sort of to sort of note here. First of all, it was won by a Korean. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was Young Young John Quion. I think is how you yep. pronounce his first name, uh, and he beat Alexander Barney. Of France in the final, he did indeed. Yep, yep. And in the semis, we had uh, Nikolai Novozhilov and Jean-Michel Lucinet. Um, so obviously, Lucinet's of France and Novozhilov's of Estonia. Now, um, this was great epi fencing. I thought yeah. I actually thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, those last four fights. They were just oh, it was just great. I was really, really impressed. Uh, Quion in particular, I'm impressed by because he he basically won the tournament, a Grand Prix on one leg. Pretty close to it, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is fair, fair, fair play to the guy. Um, I just he's just amazing watching this guy. It, it was the it was the depth of his tactical game. The de- you know the control of the distance, the control of the footwork, his ability to sell something to his opponent and then deliver something completely different. Or if he felt like it, just deliver what he, what he said he was going <laughs> yeah. to do. You know, what it is, and yes, it really is what it is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, for example, he beat Novozhilov uh, in the semi, and uh, you know he's a handy, handy fencer. Amazing hand speed, strong. You know, he's not. It's not a passive, just sort of standing around kind of epic at all. No, not at all. I mean, the fights. In fact, all the fights really uh, from the semi-finals and final were uh, great to watch. Nothing in the way of yeah. uh, of dull epi yeah. in, in amongst that. And the sort of thing here is this is where um, this is a, this is the actual point where uh, Quion picked up his injury because he did a sort of a fast attack and uh, uh, Nikolai actually stood in his foot and yeah. I, I suspect when we were discussing this offline, uh, but I suspect that this is he tweaked his foot or perhaps the he did some damage to his ankle at that point because he didn't look as comfortable in the final, you know, because he was delivering these sort of aggressive uh, step lunges um, and there was lots of one twos and second intention actions into. It. And he was delivering these sort of really comfortably against Novozhilov. I mean, I think Nikolai had a bit of a comeback, but 
It was never in doubt. It yeah. was really never um, in doubt. Maybe the yeah. fight had been going to 20 or 25 hits. Yeah, it might have, you might have, might have caught up. Yeah. But um, going to 15, Quayon did look pretty much in charge and with a uh, a whole variety of different hits as well. It was, yeah. it was a great fight to watch because uh, Novoselov was making most of the running, but Quayon picking him off with uh, a mixture of a mixture of counter-attacks and stop hits, yeah. parry reports, and some fantastic attacks on preparation. Oh, absolutely spot on. I mean... I'll talk about more about the Koreans just in a second, but you know, on the route up uh, into the final, we have uh, Alexander Bardney, who's a fencer which is I've seen before, uh, but in that kind of passing in the lower, the lower rounds, I can't think, yeah. I can't think of him being quite this high before. I think he was, it must be his first final. I would have thought so. Yeah, I'll need to um, double check that, but I've seen him in passing before, and I've never really sort of. He's, he's a he's a French epier, so he's solid. Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the guy. He's fancy. <laughs> it doesn't. He's, he's got a style which I described to you as prancy. You did, yeah. Which seemed, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit harsh. Um, I think you think, but just anyway. There was something about something about the way he fenced, which it didn't. It didn't. I didn't like as much. I, I like Lucini as a fencer. I think it's that right. issue, and he beat him, and I didn't like that very much. <laughs> um, I mean, of the of the two semis, I'd say the uh, Bardney versus Lucini was the least exciting. You got two French guys, and it was. Yeah, presumably reasonably familiar with fencing each other. Um, yeah, Lucini's. You know, good age. I mean, he must be late thirties, I would think, and he's been around for yeah. for a long, long for, time. For a long, long time. Everyone knows how he fences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, left-handed pommeler, uh, quite skinny, walks mm-hmm. about a bit, does a lot of fleshes. Yes, um, not much in the way of blade contact. It's all very simple, mm-hmm. based on good timing. But he put, put a bit more variety to his fencing, despite his prassiness, as you describe it. <laughs> um, and I mean, that light-hearted way, obviously. I, I thought, but... thought Lucy misjudged it because he got a couple of hits down. Sort of reasonably early on in the fight, and then there was a run of about five or six doubles in a row. Yeah, it was it's, like he was like he's doubling down on the badness. It just he couldn't. Yeah, he just. Could, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say Alexander was looking particularly dominant. You know what I mean? He just no, looked, he was just getting the hits. Yeah, he got he got a couple of hits up. This this run of doubles. So you know, let's say it was six four or something like mm-hmm. that. So it was pretty close and reasonably early on in the fight. And and you think at that point, well, you know, a double or two at that point, yeah. that's that's okay. But then there was this, as I say, a big a big run of them, and suddenly Lucini's two hits down, and it's twelve ten or something. Yeah, and suddenly the end of the fight is looking quite close, and suddenly yeah. he's having to look, look much harder for yeah. you know where am I going to get a single from? And he and he never quite worked out. And yeah, he had to rush it a little bit towards the end, trying to get that, and uh, Barney was able to, to to finish him off. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like a sort of tactical blunder from. Lucini, he seemed just yeah. too happy to accept a double as that's mm-hmm. okay. I noticed that Lucini had some ridiculous facial hair this time around as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm blaming it on his facial hair. Right. <laughs> so if Jean Michel's listening to this, it's I'm, I'm, yeah, have, yeah. A, have a shave. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But then uh, Quion then proceeded to uh, take take a Barney apart yeah. in the final on one leg mm-hmm. and looked absolutely comfortable all the way through it. You know, he just again it was all that kind of it was the distance control, a little bit of movement sets it up. He was selling something to Alexander, and then he would either follow through and just hit him, or he would just do something completely different. And you could just see that uh, Bardney was a little bit—he was a little bit nonplussed by the whole thing. He didn't have an answer to it. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't seem to to work out. Yeah, uh, because Cleon had obviously had quite a large, uh, a large Novoselov landing on his foot in the, the yeah. semi-final, which seemed pretty sore at the time. Mm-hmm. But he, he fenced on pretty well, and that didn't seem to affect his movement too much. And then at the beginning of the final, he he looked right. He was moving around absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And then quite early on, sort of maybe a couple of minutes into the first period, yeah, uh, kind of stepped out of the distance and then sort of grabbed his yeah. sort of back of his knee or his lower yeah. lower hamstring and his front leg. Um, and he had 
several minutes of that having. I, I don't think it ever actually turned into a, an injury break. No, it? it didn't. No, it didn't. And um, but they're kind of examining, you know, does that hurt and that sort of stretching it and yeah. um, uh, a bit of uh, magic spray. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he was he was clearly struggling after that. Yeah. Um, and then he just won anyway. Yeah. So yeah. good on him. <laughs> so yeah. I, I mean, up to that point, he'd done he'd done a lot of really really incredibly fast uh, step lunges, yeah. either as as an attack in its own or as an attack on preparation and. After that that break where he where he'd uh, injured his injured his uh, leg, far less step lunges. I think he tried one at the beginning of the second period, yeah, and it looked properly uncomfortable. He didn't do it again, yeah. So it hit far more with fleshes than that yeah, part. So exactly. he, was, he was able to show finding an answer to, to an yeah. injury problem. And so I mean, it, it was it was a great it was a great example of how you how you know in Epi how you your plan doesn't work and you just adapt to the new the new reality that you find yourself in. Yeah. Uh, Barney just didn't have an answer to it though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Those final four. But the, the, the other thing to sort of mention here is that in the last eight we had three Koreans. Yeah. And you know I've I'm a, I've I've been a bit of a fan of the Koreans for a while now. You are, yeah. You like you like the sort of style and the physicality of uh, nice yep. simple movements, but a good variety as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. They've got a lot to a lot to recommend them at the moment. That, that, that high work rate as well, and obviously Quion Beat Park, who's currently Arman Park. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we've claimed him. Yeah, yeah, we've claimed these now hours because we, you know, we've picked him out as our, our prospect to watch. But yeah, he beat him in the uh, in the last eight, and I, I think it was actually quite comfortable. If I remember, I think to, it's been a while, obviously, but I, I remember it being quite comfortable. Yeah, but not not the most exciting fight, but you know, the But again, the whole finishing a teammate thing. Is, yeah, uh, so it's like this is what's going to happen. But Parks currently world number one. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So you know, finishing the last eight, it's, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible day out for him. But you were sort of thinking maybe he'd make the last four at least this time. But you know, the man on form. I mean, he he won. He won. Did he win in Buenos Aires? He won a World Cup. He won the Olympics. Yep. Obviously, he won the Asian Championships towards the end of yep. last season. So mm-hmm. he's obviously in tremendous form. Yeah. Um, so when he makes the sort of last eight, you think, well, he'll, he'll probably finish this off yeah. now and then. Uh, to lose that to his teammate mm-hmm. Quion. Uh, it was probably a bit of a surprise, but then Cleon backs it up by winning the whole thing. Yeah, so I mean, but I mean, let, let's face it, he's not. It's not like he's. We need to he- keep an eye on this guy. He's not faded away or anything like that by no. any stretch of the imagination. And it's that thing where you hit your teammate, and things become a bit more complicated. But then obviously we've got another Park who got uh, Kyungdu Park to finish the in the place below him. So the, the Koreans, the Koreans are looking good at the moment, mm-hmm. and it's not long now till uh, the World Championships either. So. Yeah, still a few months away, they're but still, yeah, they're, yeah they're certainly know. their early season form with mm-hmm. what two two World Cups and a Grand yeah. Prix is pretty good. Yeah, and I think the only other th- sort of thing I kind of kind of sort of mention here is that my man Max only made a thirty-two this time around. I wasn't going to mention that, but um, <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, okay, I did. come on, Max, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that that was actually it, it was quite a good uh, it was quite a good tournament. It was very well presented as well. Yeah, it looked very nice. Um, obviously, it's in Qatar, so there must be an amazing air-conditioned hall and everything like that. And uh, the quality of the the streaming was actually very good. Um, there were yeah, some sound difficulties. Visually, visually impressive. Yeah, so they had a, they had a, lo- a lovely back. I think before I talk about the commentary anymore, I'm going to talk about the women's epi. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll let you get... have your commentary rant afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what so what do we have here in the women's epi? Well, our our winner here was uh, Sarah Bezbez of Tunisia. Yep. And uh, she is a quality fencer. Her style, how, I don't know how you would describe it. It's sort of classical French epi, would you say? Sort of around the wrist. It's not passive. It's kind of a, it has that kind of aggressive attacking, uh, attacking sort of style. But yeah, she again, it's I mean the. I think the thing that's catching the eye at the moment with uh, the, the winners of of most of the World Cups that we've seen so far, and now the Grand Prix mm-hmm. in, in epi, have uh, been that at, 
fencers who have an active and varied style have been successful. Yes. So this kind of traditional uh, image of two epiers bouncing up and down, not mm-hmm. really doing very much and occasionally sticking their arm out, doesn't hold true at all at, uh, at, at the top of senior level. And it, yeah. Um, been really good entertaining fencing and Sarabes certainly fits into that description mm-hmm. of um, hitting their opponents with everything. Yeah. You know, attacks, defence, counter-attacks, counter-time... Mm-hmm. The whole lot. It was all there. I mean, and and uh, she defeated uh, Violetta Kolobova there in the final. And uh, Kolobova is quite an, is again a very active fencer. Um, there's no none of this sort of hanging around passive action going on with her. She's she's straight in there. She's taking the blade. She's being creative. She did an amazing. She did an amazing flick in her semi against uh, who was again it well okay it was uh, Nuo Zhu of China, um, where she sort of came in. She took the blade. Zhu's a f- another French gripper. And she just somehow managed to disengage and flicked her on the shoulder. Yeah. It was an absolutely amazing pet. And I was like, I thought actually she would win, if I was honest. Right. Watching that, I was like, oh, look at that. That's, yeah. that's a great hit. I suppose the only slight down thing uh, with the women's compared to the, the main semi-finals and finals was that none of the fights were particularly close in the women's. No, they weren't. I mean, I haven't even talked really about the semis because they're a little bit, you know, they weren't, they weren't very memorable. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were, they were one-sided, comfortable wins yep. um, for Best Bez and... Uh, well, well, Bez Bez won. She beat uh, Eva Nell at Poland, which is a bit of an unusual one, actually. She, I don't think she gets up into that area all that often. Um, uh, certainly, uh, it's a, a very good result for her, yeah. her, her rankings. I mean, I think she's in the top 50, but not, not well into the top 50. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I mean, like, uh, Sarah beat her 15-6. I mean, that's... Yeah. And it was a... I remember watching it, and it was a little bit, a bit of a pasting. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute pasting. It, it was, yeah. uh, And then Violetta, uh, she beat uh, Nuo Zhu of China. Yeah. Uh, and the most sort of memorable thing here—I mean, I've already mentioned she was a she was a French gripper, and she has that sort of that style that we're talking about. It seems to be sort of popular, but there's a lot of movement. But Zhu does not look like she had all of the guns firing that, say, Kolobova did, and was probably beaten fifteen-seven. Yeah, again, very very comfortable. She now now it looked like she was outclassed. Uh, yes, I, would say, I totally outclassed. Yes, whereas whereas Zhu looked more like she just couldn't quite come up with the answer. Yes, she may be. She maybe had it in her to to come come up with a a better yeah a better fight than that yeah but just just couldn't work it out again one yeah. of those ones where you know her body language was all wrong I thought as well it was quite negative you could just sort of see it in the way her, her pose like like she was kind of wrestling with whatever it was that was going wrong she just couldn't get her head around it at yeah. all and it just everything was telling me that she was not on this to win you know um, I mean sort of looking back a little bit just a little bit beforehand I mean Eva beat uh, Popescu of Romania. 10-7 in the last eight, which I imagine I haven't actually watched that one, so I imagine it's a not a particularly exciting match, mm. that one. Well, I looked back through the last 64 results for both the men's and women's and for all that we've talked about, a lot of the epi being very exciting that we've seen in the last <laughs> yeah. stages, there were some extremely low-scoring fights, which yeah. I, I didn't go out of my way to, to go and watch, but you know, fights being 1-2-1 or 3-2 or 5-4 mm. and Nobody wants to see that. No. I mean, you can make the argument, oh, it's you know a tremendous tactical battle and uh, a test of concentration and um, you know the fine margins between victory and defeat. Yeah. But that's just all fencing. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, a two-one yeah. win. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, I've I've, I've won a fight nil-nil uh, before, oh. which, which oh, is not yeah. uh, which is not, my, not not something I often brag about. But I do laugh every time I bring it up. Um, so you know. Uh. But Awful. yeah, it, well, yeah, I'm sure everybody in that pool was uh, really happy to have me on. Anyway, yeah, yeah um, but I won. That's an important point. <laughs> uh, and then sort of, so so we're seeing all of this kind of nice sort of you know this sort of nice fencing, this sort of style that we're sort of talking about, and it was all presented very very well. And 
One of the sort of interesting things about Doha, it was the day after my office work party. Right, so you were party. So I was in bed a little bit, so I missed the sort of the early stages. And I was actually woken up when a friend of mine sent me a message saying, oh, who, who's who's this guy doing the commentating? He's great. Uh, and it turned out that it was Jason Pryor of America. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jason, Jason, I think, has a, a singular... He's a good, good epist, actually, is Jason. He must be in the top top 32. I don't think he's be, breached the top 20 yet, but he's 21, 22. Pretty close to it, yeah. I have to double-check that. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's, he's a decent fencer. And uh, he's that kind of American... He brought that sort of American-style commentary to it. There was lots of whoops and... That kind of whoops and enthusiasm yeah, for the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think it, was quite good. Sharp contrast. Sharp contrast to uh, his, his cool commentator who felt a little bit, you know, a little bit more sort of, oh, I don't know, old-fashioned? Quieter, um, I think. I think quieter is the way I'm quite, Yeah, to. I'm not quite sure the, exactly the word. Yeah, uh, yeah David King uh, providing the, the, the commentary uh, in Doha yeah. for both the men's and the women's and, as you say, joined as a, as a co-commentator cool, cool by... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Pryor for for the men's who yeah. I thought was quite good. I mean, a, a few sports commentary cliches in there. Um, I wouldn't mind them, but there's a few whoops and hollers and, and you know genuine delight, uh, yeah, exactly. hits, which uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So I thought he was. Yeah, it's it's he always was nice to hear that you know because sometimes he, one of the complaints about some athletes is a bit robotic and they're a little bit removed from you know the, the emotional aspect. It was really nice to hear somebody be really enthusiastic and really buying into the sort of the moment with some of these actions. Unfortunately, I don't know who the women's epi uh, co-commentator was. We know her first name was Alexandra. Yeah, we couldn't work this out. And listening to the commentary, I'm, I'm not totally... I mean, I, I did only watch the semi-finals and finals of mm-hmm. this. So if David King did give her full name and explain yeah, who she was... Yeah, I'm sorry, I missed um, it. So. I, I missed it. Uh, and again, she... But again, she was really good. I mean, this seems mm-hmm. to be a new thing that's happening at the, the Grand Prix mm-hmm. with uh, David King and Kareem um, having uh, a current fencer... Uh, or coach, um, they are doing the cool commentary with them, which mm-hmm. I think is a is a really good thing. Um, obviously, a bit of a bit of variety in, as well, insider insight, yeah. and uh, and a bit of variety, and you, know, you, you get little snippets of information as well that you wouldn't you wouldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we enjoyed that. Jason Pryor was good, and uh, unfortunately, as I say, we don't we don't know who it I was. I think she had a German accent, and I think I looked her up in the rankings. I think it might be Alexandra Indolo. I think that's how you pronounce her okay. name. Uh, but I, I'm not going to put any money on that. I'm just just a guess because yeah. she's German. This this commentator was German. Her name was Alexandra. So you know that's that's all I can say about that. But yeah, I, I from what I saw of the of the art was great. We're on we're FA moving in the right direction here. So we just need to keep this going. I in think. terms of how it's presented, yeah, yeah. that's good. So yeah. I've just checked. Jason Pryor ranked twentieth in the world. Twentieth in the world. Yeah. So I, I knew I was there or thereabouts then. That's good. Yeah. And so, I think that's all I have to really say about Doha at the moment. Oh, uh, one last thing actually. The other notable thing about seeing a new zoo uh, in the semis was that her coach was there, and that was uh, Hugh Aubrey. Ah, yeah. settling in. Yes, yeah, so he's obviously, he's the main man in there with his crew doing his thing, so that was a real pleasure to see him. Yeah, nice to see him, see him back. Yeah. I think he was actually at uh, one of the one of the World Cups before, I don't think this was his first outing, is, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the coaching box for China wearing shiny Chinese tracksuits. But yes, nice to see him there in the later stages with yeah. uh, you know, one of his new charges. Yeah. So what's next then? Um, well, final... Final Grand Prix and senior action of the season uh, was uh, a return to Cancun, a, a place which I've uh, I've vilified in the past for its failure to provide any sort of information or live feed for the Women's Foil World Cup mm-hmm. that was there earlier on in the season. Uh, but this time around they were hosting uh, Sabre Grand Prix. Ah, right, okay. So, so you're going to take it back then? Well, yes I am. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, it looked absolutely great. <laughs> it looked fantastic. Well, so now that I know what fa- Cancun's fencing venue looks like, I'm thoroughly impressed. I mean, I, w- I wish I could have seen it earlier, uh, but now that it was uh, 
lovingly streamed by the FIE for, for the Sable World uh, Sable Grand Prix. Um, looked fantastic, really futuristic. It almost looked like um, like a computer game oh, really? backdrop. Yeah, it was a oh, I'm, I'm weird, check this out. A weird Aztec sort of design. It looked, looked brilliant. All right, I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out then. So. Yeah. So yeah, what, what do we have first? We had uh, uh, the women's saber first, mm-hmm. and because the because fights in in saber are, are much quicker, they broadcast the finals as being quarterfinals, you know, four quarterfinals, semi-finals, um, and finals. Um, oh, and before we get to that stage, though, I'll I'll do our um, Irigo saber update as well. Oh right, okay. Um, second outing at, at world class mm-hmm. uh, level four, uh, women's foil number one, yeah. Ariana Irigo. Um, she made the last thirty-two this time. Okay. Uh, can't remember what she did something perfectly respectable in the pools mm-hmm. um, won her fight in the last 64 uh-huh. uh, and then had a, a narrow loss against no, who was it oh it was against Marlon Bruni ah right okay uh, who'd won the last yeah. last Women's World Cup mm-hmm. uh, 15-12 I think it was so quite a Oof. respectable score so you know more World Cup points racked up uh-huh. improved performance uh-huh. it's moving in the right direction it for is her. it yeah. is so, leaving, leaving that little sideshow side uh, to one side now, um, last eight fights, um, a real mixture, uh, some some really close ones, mm-hmm. um, Jana Gorian, uh, Olympic champion, had one outing already, which went out in the last uh, 16 in the first World Cup of the okay. season, and had a, a reasonable 15-12 win uh, against uh, Irina Vecchi of Italy in the last eight, Cecilia Berder, France, Give her her teammate uh, Budjaf uh, a thumping in the last eight. Oh, okay. Mano Bruni, um, our our winner of the last last women's World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, narrowly edged out, um, having been ahead in the last eight uh, by Anna Marton. Again, one of one of the fences that John Sarfield mentioned is ah, right, okay. uh, worth well worth keeping an eye on. Um, uh, so that was a fifteen fourteen. Okay, uh, really exciting fight. Great, mm-hmm. great to watch. Um, and the last of the last eight uh, was Olympic champion in twenty twelve, Gion Kim beating Sofia. Uh, Chiaraglia of Italy uh, fairly comfortably in the last eight. So, mm-hmm. I mean, our, our semi-final lineup was uh, Agorian Berde uh, against and Marton uh, against Kim. First, first semi-final, uh, Jana Agorian in imperious form. A few hits down at the start against Berde. I think she was actually six, six two down, something like that. Right. Okay. Uh, and entirely worked it out and charged on to win. Oh, what was it? Fifteen eight. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she was. Um, yeah, six two down at the start, uh, and then yeah, worked out and charged away. Wow, um, really impressive. Yeah, Berda had, had uh, sort of largely dominated the, the early part of the fight, and then mm-hmm. it became more aggressive. That that worked for her. continued to to go with that, and uh, and then a run of parry repost in, mm-hmm. in the second part of the fight to to clinch the win. It was it was great stuff. Second semi final, John Kim against Anna Marton. Much closer fight. Marton took a, an early lead, went six one up. Kim. Took the fight more out of the middle of the piste, more movement uh, to, to claw it back um, and went ahead at the break, 8-6 up at the break. Anna Martin fell a little bit further behind, I think three hits down at one point. Right. Um, covers to lead, uh, 14-12, almost almost there. Oh, right. Kim pulls one back and then at 14-13, a real curiosity, they attack together and only one light comes up. Martin's light comes up. Okay. And then you spot that Kim's body wire popped out the inside guard socket. Okay. So her hit doesn't yeah. doesn't register. And the referee's all you know, all set to award the point and Kim goes, But 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 look at this, go and go and check on the on the video replay and, and see if uh, my body was actually popped out before the hit arrives. So they go and check and it has. So Martin's one light hit scratched. Okay. Goes to fourteen all. 
<laughs> at this point, you're really going, oh, you know, come on, Anna, you can you can do this. Yeah. Uh, and she does, does, does finally take it with a really good parry report oh, to win okay, the fight 14. So, uh, yeah, just a third in the yeah. end. Um, so, on to the final. Anna Martin gave it a, a right good go, but mm-hmm. um, Yana Gorian fairly, fairly comfortable in a 15 okay. 11, I think it was, mm-hmm. in the end. I mean, I, I don't know what you think of Gorian's fencing. I'm not sure how, I mean, I know. I feel, I feel sort of partly converted to, to becoming a, a, a Sabre fan following our, our conversation with John Southfield. Mm-hmm. I don't think her fencing is a thing of any huge beauty necessarily, but she controls the distance really well. Yeah. And the acceleration that she gets in her step lunges, absolutely phenomenal. I hadn't really noticed it in the past, but I think whether it was just a better quality imagery or because I was concentrating harder with um, this I one. I don't know. I'd have to watch that in particular, but with the Gorian, I just remember, I just remember being quite quick. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember. And it's not like she doesn't pop into my mind as being someone like, oh my god, you know, like look at look at her fencing. It's so amazing. Yeah, um, Olga Carlin, I always think is quite. It's someone I think pop to mind. I think it's a woman's saber. There's something about it that she fences that I quite enjoy. Yeah, but Agorian doesn't pop into my head in the same way. So yeah, well we'll see. I mean, she's still very yeah. young. She is Olympic champion. Well, yeah, you know. So we've got to assume they're going to have to get used to seeing a lot of her fencing. So. <laughs> yeah. And, we, and obviously, there's all that. I mean, you're right, and obviously, there must be a lot of depth in Russian saber at the moment because we discussed how deep the women's saber yeah, uh, juniors were. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they must be ramping up their coaching and their training for that by quite some margin. Yeah, I'm, I'm not absolutely sure, but I'm pretty sure that Agorian's only 21 or 22. Right, yeah. She's still probably, I mean, she's you know, barely mm-hmm. out of juniors, mm-hmm. and along with um, well, Anna Martin that she beat in yeah. the final, she's only 21 as well. So it's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, a young women's saber team seen at the moment. Oh, missing, no, missing from this were no, still no Marielle Sakunas, although on the way back. Mm-hmm. The rest of the American Olympic team were, were back for this. Uh, none of them got out of the, out well, of the last 64. Right. So there's something, something that, that makes me feel that there's something happening there. They've, they've taken a break, they've come back and they've not quite sort of fired. Maybe it's just going to take a while for them to get, get the guns going again. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they're, mm. sort of an extended break after after the build-up to, to Rio mm-hmm. and you know, going through that, um, yeah, I can imagine it might take you a while to get back up to yeah, back up to full speed. So that was that was the women's on to the men's. Now, uh, before we get onto sort of the later stages of this, the the D was absolute carnage. All right, okay. <laughs> um, looking at the uh, at the results of this, um, now let me just let me just have a look at this because okay, pretty much everyone was there. So Anna Shalagi, okay, reigning. Double Olympic champion, mm-hmm. uh, straight into 64. Oh, no. Uh, Daryl Homer, uh-huh. Olympic silver medalist, yep. straight into 64. Oh, dear. Um, I'll have to take our coolest fencer t-shirt back. Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, winner of the last World Cup, Sangako of Korea, uh-huh. out in the 64. Oh, right, off you go. World number one, came of Korea, mm-hmm. he made it through the 64. Oh, right, and okay. then straight out in the 32. Oh, yeah. Vincent Anstead, world number three, mm-hmm. out in the 32. Mustafa uh, Abedini of Iran, our, our hero of the remains. Tell, tell me good news. Tell up, me to, up to number six in the senior. In, yeah, in I saw that. Brilliant. Yeah. Out in the 32. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Eli Joshua's starring young American. Oh, yes. Of, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. John pointed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out in the 32 as well. So it meant that when you put about 10, you got down to the semi finals. Uh-huh. Uh, really, a lot of pretty unfamiliar faces. All oh, right, okay. Um, more more recognisable names in the last eight. Berry of, of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, was put out by his teammate Luigi Samelli. Okay. Gubon Gill, Korea, mm-hmm. uh, are sort of, you know, your archetypal, explosive, physical 
Yes. Uh, Korean. Size of a giant, all that kind of thing. No, no, no. Um, Sangakos, the, the outside version of, of, of Goo. Goo's about. Oh, right. Sorry. Right yeah, foot. sorry. Sangakos, I'm confusing them. Yeah. The sort of super sized version. It's yeah. sort of six foot four or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he was put out by. Uh, uh, Sarah uh, Gimizzi of Hungary. Um, right, okay. A, a fencer who's, who's had occasional uh, podium finishes at World Cups, mm. but I mean, you know, really sporadic. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll produce one every, every year or two. Right. Um, but fairly comfortably uh, disposed of, of Goo in the last eight. And then the, the real surprise package in the, in the competition was a, another Korean. The Koreans are, are clearly okay. on a hot streak at the moment. Jong Hyun Lee. Heard of him? No. No, no surprise. It went into the competition. Ranked 194 in the world. Oh, okay. Um, now the the commentators that were joining Kareem for this one mm-hmm. um, included uh, Germany's Matthias uh, Jabo. All right. Okay. Uh, who who provided uh, he was really good uh, good commentary again sort of fences insight that, mm-hmm. that that we like in commentary to to go with the, the regular commentators. He was saying that the, the way the Koreans work, they have a they have an A squad of about eight fencers who okay. all train together, mm-hmm. and then they have a B squad who are sent off somewhere else entirely to do their training. Um, and this guy, uh, Jong Hyun Lee, is is one of the B squads. So oh, they, right. they'll get the occasional run out of the old mm-hmm. World Cup, but they don't go to everything, and they are trained entirely separately. Um, so he's arrived, twelve hundred ninety four, wins his last eight fight, fifteen fourteen, he's had uh-huh. fifteen fourteen. At least one earlier on in okay. the day, and on, a, on an absolute roll on a okay. charge. Oh god! Um, right. And the, uh, the the last of the semi finalists uh, was Ilya Motorin of of Russia. Uh, again, kind of stepping out of the shadows, perhaps mm-hmm. of um, uh, Kovalev and oh, who's the other one whose name I can never remember. I'm not going to get it yeah. anyway. Um, so a, a younger mm-hmm. a younger Russian stepping up. Um, so semi finals, both both fairly comfortable. Uh, Luigi Simeli uh, beat Gimizzi, uh fifteen. 10, quite okay. close in the early part of the fight. Maybe I thought actually maybe looked looked tired and lost his shape a little bit towards uh, the end of that fight. And um, Simeli ran it fairly comfortable winner at that one. Mm-hmm. Second one, uh, much more exciting, although the score wasn't hugely different. 15-10 win uh, for our, our Korean unknown, All right. uh, Lee, who uh, defeated Motorin. Uh, Motorin apparently carrying a bit of an injury, uh, maybe affected his movement okay. a little bit. But um, yeah, you know, a good win. So Simeli, not not highly ranked. I think he's only now up to about fortieth in the world world rankings. Okay. You know, again stepping out. Mm-hmm. He's not a young fencer particularly. I think he's about twenty eight or twenty nine, something like that. Right, um, seasoned, seasoned. Yeah, been yeah. been around for a while, but uh, you know, overshadowed by Montano and yeah. um, Okutsi and so on. Yeah. Are now perhaps you know getting a little bit long in the mm-hmm. tooth, and you know, uh, perhaps looking at somebody like like Simeli to to step up. Yeah. So good entertaining final. Score swung back and forward a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is a bit different from your, you know, what you might picture as your Italian Sabrera archetype. Okay. Uh, it's quite calm, not too noisy, not too demonstrative. Yeah, not uh-huh. what we expect at all. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, nice fencing, beautiful timing. Mm-hmm. Real close up to about midway through the second period. Uh, again, we probably lost a little bit of control of his preparation. Mm-hmm. And so oh. with a lot of attacks. Right, so we didn't uh, get we didn't get our uh, rags to riches story then. No, sadly, but pretty close. I mean, he's still going to get a whole bundle of World Cup points out of that, and uh, I think you're likely to see him at a few more things. Um, well, where things will that like, put him if, if he gets this many points? Come second. How many places? Forty odd points. That'll certainly not quite into the top fifty. I don't think. Right, but sit comfortably into the top one hundred. I mean, yeah, yeah, easy, yeah, easy. yeah. So yeah, I suspect he 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 either gets an upgrade into the the A squad, uh-huh. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Or he's he's reasonably sure of getting a run out a few more things. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, wow. So yeah, so um, 
yeah, entertaining stuff. I've, I've become a bit of a, a, a Sabre convert. Right, okay. I, I, I will check out the, the Sabre this weekend then. Okay. Because yeah, I haven't actually watched any of this. Worth, worth look. Yeah. I mean, even even if you're not wholly gripped by the fencing, which mm-hmm. you probably should be, yeah. um, it's worth it just to actually see how, they, how Cancun looks since we've talked about it so much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And uh, so, is that all the results we've got now? Yep, that's that's everything. It takes us right up to the end of the year. Ah, right, okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Well, do we want to have a, look, a quick look at, at the rankings, senior rankings? We've had a quick, quick okay. glance at the juniors. Mm-hmm. So, since we're talking about Epi, first of all, and I think you, I think you mentioned it uh, when you were talking about uh, results from Doha, uh, that, that takes our best, best top of the world rankings, yeah. uh, that win there. With Luganova, Russia in second. Yes, that's right. Uh, I mean, again, it's, I'd, I'd been rude about her being quite ancient in one of the earlier. Well, you have to one take of the back. earlier episodes. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but she is dropping down the rankings already because she was world number one at that point. <laughs> the decline started. I just have yeah. to mention it. Yes, yeah. that's her on the way down. And then number three is uh, Shash of uh, Hungary. Yeah, I mean, sitting there at number three and hasn't hasn't done any competition since the Olympics. Yeah, I wonder what's happening there because you know we were also pleased. Well, I was so pleased that she won the yeah. gold medal, and then well, we've not heard from her. After that, but it's hard to tell because you know, so I, I can't phone her up and say, "Well, what are you doing? What's happening? You're back in training?" Yep. I mean, she does post on on Facebook and Instagram with her being uh, lauded and celebrated at various various events, which is is great for her. But yeah. no, no real clues that she's actually uh, back in training or um, or looking looking to return to action anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. um, her decision, obviously, but I, you know, I would be I'd be disappointed if we didn't see her again. Yeah. Um, following her triumph in Rio, she's uh, what thirty four, yeah, thirty four ish. So, so you know, in epi terms, she's still got you know, there's still some time there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe she is just taking a break after the Olympics. Mm. Maybe that's all that is. And then, obviously, I mean, looking down through the list, there we've got, uh, you know, we've got Zhu and think you pronounce it Anchi, I think it is Anchi Zhu. Anchi Zhu, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a another name. I don't. She's. It's not a name I recognise off the top of my head again. But there we go. But it's a few angles there at number five. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a good time in uh, Doha. And I'm just looking down this through, through the list as well. Uh, number six, we've got uh, Son of China. Yeah, I think, this is, I think the thing that strikes me with the uh, senior anchors for the Epius, at the top end of it, there's very few very young fencers there. Yes. There's, there's nobody... Let me have a quick, quick check on dates of birth. Uh, Violetta is 25. Yeah. But that's not, you know, that's not just out of juniors. No, it's not. No, you're right. I'm just looking down. Who would? Where's the first? Per, no. Down. Well, I did a printout of the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the first page of the. Well, the, the youngest one is Kong of Hong Kong. I yeah. think. Who's what? Twenty. Twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. So pretty young. Yeah. So no juniors, none, none first year and seniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does show that you know women's epi, it does take a while to, to claw your way to the top, yeah. and the the experience you need of doing the seniors mm-hmm. events. Uh, does take a while to acquire. I mean, it's, it's quite another thing that, to notice about women's epis is quite a big mix of nationalities. If you look down at yeah, uh, which is quite interesting as well. I mean, our first queen is Shin Lam at number nine, but we do have uh, Natalie Mulhausen of Brazil there. Yep, indeed. You know, um, you know, obviously the Romanians are very popular. We've got some, we've got a couple of French uh, girls in there. Yeah, the USA. Um, yeah, Hong Kong, Estonia. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's quite a good mix. mix. Yeah, I mean, good to see, good to see base base. In top spot, I think she, as as you said, performed uh, really well in. Yeah, in she looked, she looked really good. Looked, looked uh, well worth, uh, well worth being world number one. Yeah, and I think it'd be interesting to see how she goes, uh, continues on, you know, up until the, the world championships now. Mm. So it's going to be interesting following that. I think. Um, so 
Onto the men's. Yeah, onto the men's. So it's our, it's our boy, number one. Yep. Yeah. Sunningham Park, uh, top of the pile. Once you start looking down the list, though, it's kind of interesting for who's there, but who isn't really there anymore. Yeah. I mean, you, you still have Gumi sitting at number two in the rankings, having... Haunting the rankings, I think yeah. is the word you're looking at. It probably is. Um, yeah. I mean, he's not done anything since, since Rio. He's announced his retirement. Yeah. And here we are, four months, four and a bit months on from the Olympics. Uh, sitting at sitting at wealth number two. I mean, because of the the rolling nature of the rankings, it's possible to hang around. Yeah. Um, if you've had good results, certainly towards the end of mm-hmm. of one season, to be hanging around for for a long time with the points that you've you've already yeah. accumulated. Both down Akishin and third, a big gap uh, between Park and Akishin, who of of the active fencers are yeah. effectively one two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Park and two hundred fifteen so, points. Park, Park's Akishin fairly comfortable, I think. Yeah, long way ahead. Yeah, Yannick Burrell in fourth mm-hmm. and uh, Giza Imri still no word on what he's doing I, I'm kind of working on the assumption now that uh, Rio was the end of the line for him mm-hmm. but again accumulated points yeah but he's so, still there still hanging around there um, in fifth spot uh, and again I mean looking down the rest of the rankings I, I think it's interesting that we've got again a good a good mixture uh, Epi does seem to be the weapon that has the most diversity in, ter- in terms of the countries who can be Competitive. I think that's always, yes. always been the feeling that if, um, if you're going to pin your colours to to a weapon starting from scratch, that Epi would be the one to go for. It's the one that gives the most opportunity because there's no no refereeing decisions no, to no. Uh, to worry about. You know, if you you hit first, you you get the point. Yes. And I think because of the because of the nature of that means the results are less predictable. Mm-hmm. And while somebody like Park may be a long way at the a long way clear at the top, he'll still have off days where yeah. Well, we were talked about, but he didn't have an off day. He made the last eight, but you know, yeah. it, it wasn't yeah, quite. Yeah, no, it, he he, he no, didn't medal. Well, but, to be yeah. fair, he, he did go in the last thirty-two at um, where was it? The, the World Cup that was in Switzerland. Oh, Bern. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, you talked about the the, the ages for for women's epi, mm-hmm. and again, if you look down the list of the men's the, the men's epi. There's quite a few, you know, grey hairs hanging around. They're a there. pretty seasoned bunch, yes. Yeah, you know, uh, quite a few guys uh, with uh, dates of birth in the in the seventies. Which just goes to show that experience does pay off. I mean, like Giz Emery's older than I am, which is uh... that's that proper age, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 sure he's delighted to hear that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Parks Parks are young though. Yeah, he's very very young. Yeah. Another thing just, is just turned twenty one. We were talking about uh, Gouty uh, Grimier is actually. Um, Haunting num- number two there, and we think probably that uh, Giz Emery's he's probably not doing as much now. Some of these some of these names are going to go, and it's going to compress his rankings mm. straight away. And I mean, I'm looking down the list. We talked about three Koreans in the in Doha. You've got a Korean at number one. You've got uh, uh, Kyung Do uh, Park at number. He's at number eight. He's he's going to shift up obviously. Yeah. Just below that, you've also got Kwion after winning Doha. Yeah, absolutely. he's going to sh- he's definitely going to be shifting up. You know, and then you know, and just looking down to the list, though, there are so many people whose birthdays are in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens uh, as we get closer and closer and closer to the World Championships. Yeah, indeed it will. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the epiest. Oh, actually, the answer to mm-hmm. your question oh, sorry, about how, how old is Lucine? He's uh, seventy-eight. He's seventy-eight years. Oh old. no, sorry, he was born in nineteen. <laughs> sorry, wow. I knew he was pretty old, but not that oh, old. Okay, sorry, thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, he was born. He was yeah, he was uh, born in nineteen seventy-eight. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fairly, fairly vintage. Yes, yeah, a good year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, women's table rankings. Uh, yeah, Olympic champion, mm-hmm. uh, winner of the Grand Prix mm-hmm. in, in Cancun, Yana Agorian, top of the pile. Olga Karlan in second. Again, not been seen since since Rio. 
she has relocated to the USA, joining her husband there, something that um, oh, right. John Southfield mentioned. And she does oh, seem to be that, yes. settling, settling back into training there. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping to see her return before too long. Velkaya of Russia in third, again, not seen uh, at anything post-Olympics. Uh, and John Southfield sort of speculated that she uh, was probably going to retire. Uh, my Russian's not good enough to to be able to spot any headlines announcing whether that's right. that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we'll just have to have to wait and see, unless anybody has any um, inside information on that. And at fourth, uh, Mario Sagunis again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her return to training still being delayed by by injury, but planning to to be back before uh, before too long. But um, yeah, still holding on to fourth place despite uh, not adding yeah, adding think, to our points. I think we're going to see Mario back though. I think. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's certainly certainly our intention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and after that, um, Kim, who had a, a decent run in Cancun, yeah. and then some of the younger ones, Anna Martel and Manon Brunet, Mohammed of the USA, uh, again made a yeah a low key return to action mm-hmm. in Cancun. Um, so yeah, it's a an interesting mix and a, and a much younger, much much uh, younger uh, spread of ages in mm-hmm. in women's saber. I mean, a few a few exceptions in there, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, it looks more possible to to hit the top. Um, in yeah. women's saber than it is in women's epi. Yes, example. yeah. So on to the men's. Yep. Uh, well, at number one, we've got Jung uh, uh, Wan Kim of Korea. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, one of the victims of the uh, curse of Cancun for, yep. for the top seeds in, in the men's saber. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a fair, fairly long way we clear at the at the top of the world rankings with two hundred twenty five. Yeah. Uh, compared to Aaron Shilagi. Uh, in second place with 100 and, 194. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that they both sort of fell at uh, Cancun, nothing's happening here. You know, it's kind of, kind of static. Um, yes, I know them. Neither of them making a mm-hmm. progress over the other. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they, neither of them had great weekends in Cancun doesn't no. really affect their position at the, the top of the pile. Uh, again, Vincent Ansett didn't have a great weekend in Cancun, nope. sitting in third. Uh, Dupont Gill <laughs> in fourth. Yeah. Again, another one. Yeah. yeah. So you know, despite despite all of these guys having a having a rubbish time, yeah. uh, fencing wise in in Mexico, um, sitting at the at the top of the heap. Yeah, <laughs> Homer. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm just looking at them, laughing at this, going, "All these guys went out in the '64. Really? Yeah, these guys are rubbish. What are they doing up here? Yeah. Um, yeah. A kind of freakish weekend, and as I say, it was an unfamiliar looking yeah. uh, semi final in in Cancun, uh, and we'll see how that settles out over the rest of the season. Yeah. A lot of these guys are mm-hmm. um, just getting back into it, following. Uh, following Rio and perhaps with yeah. a little less enthusiasm for the task perhaps and some of the, the younger, hungrier ones are looking mm-hmm. to establish themselves in, in their national teams. I mean, it's good seeing uh, Abedini there at number six. I mean, we'd mentioned that earlier, but I think I think that's... Excuse I'll... me. I mean, he, he was in Cancun. Um, didn't do great, obviously. Yeah. But I don't think any of his teammates were. I think he was the, the only Iranian hmm. that went. All right. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the sort of quick... Have a quick since we're talking about age. Uh, and the, and there's, a, there's a mix of ages in the men's saber. Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, like Epi was tending old, you know, the women's saber was tending young. This is there's a mix. Yeah, a bit yeah. of everything. I mean, you've got so Aldo Montano one one extreme. Mm-hmm. Well, extreme that's a bit a bit harsh. Where is he <laughs> in seventeenth in the world rankings? Yeah. with a, a seventy eight. Yeah, bar, so thirty eight mm-hmm. years old. Down to Sangaku, who's well, twenty. That's quite a, quite a big range yeah. of ages. Yeah. Um, I know we haven't covered any foil action this time, but a uh, quick quick glance at the, the world rankings for that as well. Uh, Arrigo sitting at the top of the pile in the women's foil, comfortably uh, comfortable lead. Yeah. Uh, Lee for jumping up to up to second place, mm-hmm. uh, following her her win in Turin mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Olympic champion Derek Lozova in third place. Elisa Di Francesca uh, 
London 2012 Olympic champion, silver medalist in Rio, uh, hasn't been seen at anything since since the Olympics, and uh, rumour has it may, may have retired. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, well. Yep. Okay. Um, and a rising star um, medalist at all, well, at both, both World Cups and the, mm-hmm. the Grand Prix that happened so far, and we was following Nicole Ross up into, up into fifth. Up in fifth place. Good times for the Americans. I mean, there's obviously, we talked about uh, the Bez Bez in the women's epi, mm-hmm. uh, Bakri there at number six. Yeah, again, uh, I think she did fence in Turin. I would need to check, but I think that's right. Um, but a, a kind of low-key return to action for him. Right, picks. okay. But yeah, I don't know, Tunisia doesn't doesn't normally leap to leap to your mind when you think of uh, powerful fencing nations, but that's that's two very strong fencers from... Yeah, but, so these, uh, these, these guys, either they country. do have one, we just don't know about it, or they train somewhere else, like France or something like, or something like that. Yeah, I'm not absolutely sure. I'm pretty sure that Ms. Bubak is uh, based in France. Right, okay. Uh, I don't know about Sarah Bez Bez, mm-hmm. but that's that's certainly a possibility, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Lewis Foyle, and on to the men's, um, Alex Matialis, uh, top of the pile by... A mile. A country mile, yeah. Yep. 262 points, uh, with Olympic champion uh, Daniele Dorozzo second on 191, so mm-hmm. a, a huge, huge gap. Yeah. Um, I looked at the sort of breakdown of his, his results, and... Um, you only get to include a certain number of results, and two that he's that are discarded from his result. You know, one of them was the last sixteen of a World Cup. All right, okay. Phenomenally consistent. Yeah. Uh, almost always on the top eight, regularly on the podium. Quite often wins. Right. Uh, you know, an absolute model of consistency. Yeah. And and the top three actually really largely reflect. Well, were were the top three at the Olympics slightly different order? Mm-hmm. With Timur Safin in third place. Yeah. Obviously, his bronze medal at the Olympics won the won the European Championships at the end mm-hmm. of last season. Um, now, now firmly established at the as the top Russian um, in the individual rankings, although he was only only drafted into the to the Russian team only just over a year ago um, at the World Championships in twenty fifteen. Right, so okay. He's, he's shot up the rankings at at high speed, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, pretty much a, a genuine contender mm-hmm. uh, at, at everything these days. Avila in in third of Italy. And uh, Reese and Bowden. Reese and Bowden's at a slight disadvantage because uh, you didn't fence at the Olympics in the individual. Everybody else is going to have, well, not everybody else, but uh, Avala was a, a last eight at the Olympics, Safin, Bronze, Grotz of Gold, Massialis taking the silver. Mm-hmm. You get double your normal World Cup points for the results of the Olympics. So uh, Grotz of his 191 points, 64 of those are from winning the Olympics. And Imboden is not going to have any of those points. Uh, throughout the season so it's, it's going to make it very hard work for him he's going to have a, a properly impressive season to actually make uh, much of a dent in, in the the advantage that certainly Garozzo and, and Massialis have over him at the moment right but still he's in the last eight in the top eight so you know yeah I mean top five it's, it's quite impressive when you yeah. when you look at those that are round about him almost all of them yeah. are competing at the Olympics exactly so without the Olympics and he's, he's sitting there yeah we know we know, we, we know he's a quality fencer yeah so. exactly yeah. so that's our there's our world rankings right up. Well, oh, hang on. Before we move on, though. Oh, yes. Hang on. Erwin Le Pichu. Yes. A Pichu watch. He is, he's, he's number six. So, there yeah, you go. Oh, sorry. I... You, have to, you have to mention Le Pichu. He's your friend, <clears> sir. So. You, you've been shamed, you shamed me into not mentioning him unless I absolutely have to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So, uh, we've done our rankings. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, well, yeah, I thought we'd... A couple, couple of little things. We... We've mentioned it a little bit as we've been talking about social media. Okay. Now, sorry, my feeling in this 
lots of different types of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, some that I like more than others, some that I'm more comfortable with and more yep. familiar with. Uh, I like Facebook, I use that a lot. I've never got the hang of Twitter, really, and mm-hmm. it strikes me as a, a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram's quite a new thing for me, but and I find that quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do follow quite a lot of fencers on Instagram yeah. and, and Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Some of them are tremendous entertainment. Some yeah. of them are pretty informative. Some uh, of them are really boring. Some are, some are extremely boring, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it does seem to be a kind of compulsory part. I think there's something that Dave Baker mentioned as well about uh, linking their... Uh, their profiles on the FIE website to their Instagram and Facebook and Twitter accounts, yeah. So that we get a you know a fuller insight into the mm-hmm. into the I athlete. Think, like this is the world in which we live now. Um, if you're an athlete, you are competing at top level, which means you essentially need to be professional. Okay, I don't think there's very many true amateur sports left that. Olympic top Olympic level can't no. be. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there might be one or two that I don't, don't know about. You need to be able to reach an audience, be able to drive, basically have an audience that you can say to your sponsors that you can drive traffic to, I think. I think this is what this is where it's all coming from. There might be other reasons for it. I mean, obviously, the younger the younger athletes have grown up with this now, mm-hmm. and it'll be part of their lives anyway. So they'll do it just because that's what they do. You know, you know, we're a bit, bit older, a bit longer than two, so to us, we're making a step into it, whereas they've grown up into it. So there's, there's an element of that as well. Um, and FE obviously, as they're obviously trying to improve the the appearance of the sport and do some more interesting things with it, they're obviously keen, I think, to sort of link all of this stuff together. Mm-hmm. So you get that whole. So basically, it's a self generating athlete's bio, isn't it? Where you can find uh, out what yeah, you yeah. want to know about an athlete by looking at the the stream of information that's coming out of them. Yeah, and some of the stuff won't be true. It's an interesting thing. If you look at all the... <laughs> you're not obliged to take a lie detector test when you post something on Instagram. Well, yeah. what, 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 what I mean by that is... That, you so know, do you think I should start posting? Um, that you live some, in... Some a... sort of exciting, exciting vivid image of myself done you know, with whatever yeah. filters available on Instagram exactly. to make me look as glamorous as possible. Make up some entirely fictional setting that's Im- mm-hmm. immensely exotic uh, and start, start suddenly posting that I'm the best fencer in the world. Yeah. And then see how much traffic that generates. You know, Use my hashtags wisely. And see if I can pick up some sponsors. Well, I, 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 well, you know, I mean, you do get people on Instagram, particularly, it's famous for it, who masquerade as being something that they're not. Right. All right. So you, in the news, in the photography news, uh, just over the last few days, there was a Thai air hostess who's been photoshopping herself into other people's pictures and right. posting them on Instagram, <laughs> showing that she's got some uh, really. You know, she has a, but she's not lying. She's not saying I'm not an air hostess. She's saying uh-huh. that she is an air hostess, but has this amazing life as a result. Yeah, right. And the sort of the really ironically strange thing is she works in the first class compartment of the of, of you know one of the major airlines. So okay. she does actually have a glamorous it's, life. Yeah. But she was photoshopping herself into someone else's. Anyway, <laughs> so okay. The interesting thing. All I'm saying is that there are going to be moments where we're going to come across craziness mm-hmm. uh, in social media. I think I'm, I'm all for it actually because. I find more into it, it humanizes these people a lot more, you know. Okay. And, and I, I find a little bit sometimes you, I, I do like to laugh at some of the things that these people put in their very, in the various things because, quite frankly, it's funny. There's no other way of putting it, you know. Are you wanting to name a shame here, Gavin? I'm not. Gonna, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm yeah. just gonna. I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut on that on that one. But yeah, and yeah, it's just fun and interesting. I mm. think we talked about the Olympic Channel, the little the little videos that they've been sort of churning out. Yes, they're indeed, fun. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're not. It's not quite athlete personal athlete stuff but it does it is quite funny and uh, yeah you get a bit more of uh, an insight into their the character i mean as you see the the fact that the 
the athlete or fence or whoever mm-hmm. you know posting on social media has control of what goes out there. Yeah, I, I find that some are some I find pretty annoying. Others I find uh, genuinely enjoy. I mean, a couple that I uh, enjoy seeing on on Instagram. Uh, recent Bowden I think is good value. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a really good mixture and, and some uh, some fun comments in there, mm-hmm. some photos and. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he has control of that, so you know, I don't know whether that's really what mm-hmm. it's like or not. But yeah. uh, based on that, seems quite a good laugh. And um, and Ariana Rigo as well. It's a, yeah, yeah. A, a super regular Instagram poster. Mm-hmm. Again, it offers a little, you know, a little glimpse of uh, of of her life, which uh, you know I find interesting. It's always done quite lightheartedly as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not it's not sort of deadly serious. I mean, I don't quite know where I'm going with this. But as long as as long as they're not boring, I think about it. Yes. You know, I can't, I can't think of anyone who is deadly boring that I want to name and shame. But you know, but the, you, you, so it's, I'm all for it. Is all I'm saying. I, I think it, I think it's interesting, and I, I quite enjoy. It. I I follow lots of fences online. So yeah. I I quite fun. I mean, the sort of social media posts that I, I I spread around a little bit. At the beginning of this year was Max's thing. I don't know if he is sponsored by Jaguar. Oh, but yes, he's getting yeah, a, just like, yeah. But I mean, like he's getting sponsored by Jaguar. That's that's amazing, yep. you know, because we've got likes of uh, Miles Tram Watson's. Obviously, he does a lot of work with uh, Red Bull. Yep, yeah, which is interesting, right? Because that's a big sort of high energy brand. It's a bit popular with with the youth, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, Race is a model for Gap. Is it Gap? No idea. I can't remember, but he's a model. He does some modeling work yeah, for one does, of the yeah. big American clothing labels, um, that kind of stuff. But you know, Max is like sponsored by Jaguar, which mm. I think he certainly has a nice car. Yes, <laughs> he has yeah. a nice car now. You're not yeah. going to post Jaguar's results recently, no? Uh, no. no. It's a bit of a shame though, because Jaguar is a British name uh, mm. that we're not getting sponsored by them. They're clearly interested, but yeah. Max has obviously got much higher profile. Yeah, I mean, because the number of followers that the fences have on social media varies quite a lot. Quite often isn't remotely related to how how, good how, they su- how successful yeah. they are, but if you can post stuff that's interesting to to somebody, yeah, you can you can get a lot of followers on yeah. it. Yeah, like Max is another case in point for that because you know he did his uh, barbecue on top of a mountain, yes. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which I, I I love all that stuff. I think it's hilarious. So <laughs> so we want we more fencers barbecuing uh, on top of a mountain, sponsored by Jaguar, posing as a male model somewhere. Yeah, while drinking a Red Bull. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what else this is this is the, this is the, the future or something as well. Yeah. Any actual fencing in there? Uh, it's not compulsory. No, they can do it on a Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think that's that's probably just about about us then. Huh? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one other thing now. Next next podcast. All right. Okay. I was looking forward to it a little bit with. Uh, Barely finished recording this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm hoping to do is to do a, an, an almost live podcast because, uh, sorry to rub this in, Gav, I'm going to Paris for the Challenge International de Paris, which yep. we, we both went to last year. Um, Gav's getting no time off for good behaviour this year, no. uh, but I'm going to go anyway. Um, so what I'm hoping to do is do a report immediately after the event. I'm going to try and have some interviews of that possibly can mm-hmm. with uh, some of the fences that are there and I'll just try and call them and ask them how they're how they're yeah. getting on. Um uh, so that that'll be a quick turnaround. So that's when is it? Twenty twenty first and twenty second of yeah. January. So um That'll be exciting. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to make it, let's put it that way. Right. Which uh which is okay. I'm I'm okay with that. I went last year. I'll go next year. There we go. I'll yeah. say that now. I'll, I'll go next year. I can't it doesn't look as I'm going this year though, so I'm not uh, I'm not gonna grump too much about that. Well done. Well okay. done. It's very mature. Very mature of me. All right, uh, and apart from Paris, what else are we going to, anything else we want to mention? No, I think that's about the lot. Right. Just that I'm going to Paris and you're not. Okay. Okay. Is that a suitably mature answer? <laughs> it's very mature. Oh, who's our coolest fencer this month? Oh, right. 
My vote's for Creon. He won uh, on one leg. Okay, so you win a Grand Prix on one leg. Yep. Not many people win Grand Prix on one leg. That's true. I can't really argue with that. Yeah, so there we go. That was easy. That was the easiest, <laughs> coolest fence from the planet. Yeah. We didn't have to mention Max or Erwan at all. No, 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 no. No, no, we, we, we did our, we did our, uh, our Regal watch. Yeah, no, no. I want Creon as our, as our coolest fence this year. It's okay, not... you can have it. Fine. You can have it. Okay. And, okay. That's, and that's all from me. <laughs> and that's all from me. <laughs> yeah. Until next time. Yeah, thank you very much.